Hey friends, I'm Jeremy Hearn, and welcome to the Saint Friends Podcast, a podcast for Catholics, non-Catholics, and really anyone interested in learning about the lives of some ordinary people who lived extraordinary lives and answered God's call to holiness. On today's episode, we're talking about another one of those saints who was also a pope. Today's Pope Saint Friend had issues with a number of Roman emperors, fought against two heretics named Peter, and was able to bring a ton of fallen away Catholics in Africa back to the church. So let's get our comfy chairs ready for a Pope who loved to have meetings about everything. And our new friend, Pope Saint Felix III. Felix was born to a family deeply rooted in the Roman Senate, so he was born into relative comfort, though there are no records of exactly what year he was born. What I can tell you is that it was during the 5th century. It's also likely that his father was a priest, but those records are a bit smudgy as well, so we can't know for sure. Before we get too far down the road here, it's important, I think, to note that the vow of celibacy for priests was not common yet during Felix's lifetime. Okay, back to the life of Felix. We really don't know much more about Felix's early life until he was elected Pope on March 13th in the year 483. So let's jump ahead to that moment. As Felix was seated in the chair of St. Peter, the church was still in the process of quelling the Eutychian heresy, a false teaching by a priest named, you guessed it, Eutyches, who argued Jesus was only ever acting as entirely God or entirely man at any point in time, and never as both, like the Catholic Church teaches. Additionally, the year before Felix became Pope, the Roman Emperor Zeno issued a decree known as the Hanoticon Edict, in an effort to fix the issues with the Eutychian heresy himself, but it caused so much confusion and anger from Christians that the Eastern Catholic Church split into another three or four groups as they tried to reconcile their faith with the edict of the emperor, who had no religious authority, mind you. The other Catholics were vocal of their anger toward the emperor for causing all of this. So, Emperor Zeno had the Catholics driven out from Antioch and Alexandria, pillar cities of Catholicism since the time of St. Paul the Apostle. And two heretical leaders, Peter the Tanner and Peter Mungus, placed themselves in the bishops' seats in those cities, respectively. So, Felix had a lot on his to-do list right away. In his first meeting with the bishops of the church, something the church calls a synod, Felix excommunicated Peter the Tanner, and the next year, in 484, he did the same thing to Peter Mungus, creating a full-on schism between the Church of the East and the West, one that wouldn't be resolved for another 35 years. Peter Mungus, seeing a way around all of this, allied himself with Emperor Zeno and a bishop loyal to him named Acacius, who claimed to have undone Pope Felix's excommunication order. Pope Felix called another synod of bishops, resulting in a message being sent to the emperor and the bishop Acacius, 
urging them to exile Peter Mongus from Alexandria and ordering Acacius to come to Rome to explain what on earth he thought he was doing. The messengers were imprisoned, threatened, made promises, and ultimately joined the side of Acacius against Felix. When the Pope learned about their betrayal, he called for another synod, one of 77 bishops at the Basilica of St. John Lateran, where Acacius was added to the growing list of excommunicated people. Since Acacius was on the side of Emperor Zeno, he ignored the Pope's excommunication and remained seated as a bishop until he died two years later. His successor, Fravitas, told the Pope that he would renounce Peter Mungus, but that was a lie. And you know what happens when you lie to the Pope? He calls a synod and has you excommunicated as well. Peter Mungus died and his successor, Euthymius, asked to rejoin the church. But Pope Felix refused since Euthymius would not denounce the quote-unquote contributions of the heretic Peter Mungus. As I already mentioned, this issue was ongoing and didn't get resolved until almost 25 years after Pope Felix himself had died. Before we get there, though, Felix was also dealing with the aftermath of another heresy, the Arian heresy in Africa. I'm not going to get into the particulars of the heresy itself, but what had happened was that many Catholics, in order to avoid persecution and death, had claimed to believe the heretical teachings. Well, now that the persecutors were gone, they wanted to rejoin the church and wrote to the Pope. So, Felix called another synod in the year 487, which resulted in a letter to the bishops in Africa explaining the path back to the church for those who wanted to return. Felix ultimately died on March 1st in the year 492, and the church remembers him each year on that date. By almost all accounts, Felix's legacy lived on, as he is said to have been the father of two children, a son and a daughter. Ancient Roman family trees can be a little bit difficult to track, but it seems as though Felix was the great-great-grandfather of one of the greatest Pope saints of all time, Pope Gregory I. Thanks for joining me today as we talked about the Pope who loved a good synod and wanted nothing to do with heretics, Pope St. Felix III. Just a reminder to leave us a review. Reach out to us by email at saintfriendspodcast at gmail.com or on social media at saintfriendspod. Of course, you can always visit us at our website, saintfriends.com. Finally, we ask for the prayers of our new saint friend. Help us to know when what others do around us is wrong, but also give us the strength and will to stand up and tell them what they're doing isn't right. Perhaps also we should ask Felix to pray for us whenever we find ourselves going into an important meeting so that the right decisions are reached. We say together, Pope St. Felix III, pray for us.